morning. I'm Lori Bowen, and you're listening to Real Talk with Lori. Thank you for joining me. It's a beautiful, crisp day in the Ottawa area. I'm coming to you from North Augusta, which I know most people haven't heard of, but it's in between Brockville and Merrickville, near the Thousand Islands, an hour before Ottawa. I live on six acres and have three little miniature horses, and my small business is called Healing Minis Retreat into Nature, and have beautiful trails that I walk on with my horses and my dog, and um, go and meditate, and there's a beaver pond on the property. I love going down there by the South Nation River. It's really beautiful and tranquil, and I hope to get a couple yurts in the next year or two to have some overnight accommodations for some artists that might be looking for a quiet place to come and write, write music or write books or, you know, I wrote my book here. So it's, uh, I really believe that spending time alone in nature is very important to having optimal mental health especially in this day like if we look at the news and the things that are going on in the world between Russia and Ukraine and Iran with the women and the people they're murdering it's just heart-wrenching to see some of these videos mostly on TikTok of people in Iran showing what's going on in the streets, showing the government shooting at their own people and all the rules and regulations and there's uh, an Ayman, I hope I'm saying it right an Ayman um, one of the cleric in the mosque um, in the Muslim religion that's on TikTok and people ask him questions about Islam and it just baffles me why anybody would want to be involved in any kind of religion because it's like nope you can't do that nope you can't do that nope you yep okay but only if this like there's so many rules and regulations to different all the different religions and it seems to me that religion just causes division and hate and wars right so um, misogyny is what's going on in Iran. Like the men think the women are, are to be controlled and they don't want them to be educated or to drive cars or to be able to speak to people on the street. Like it's, it's like they're in caveman times, like back in the days of Jesus. You know, we're talking 2,000 years ago. You weren't allowed to talk to a woman in the street and you still can't. This is 2,000 years later, more than 2,000 years. But guess what Jesus did? He was quite the rebel, and he talked to the woman at the well. If you recall that from your, maybe if you went to Sunday school like me, you know, you heard these stories of these things that this guy named Jesus did that was totally against the culture, the time, his religious group, which was Jewish. Um, and he... Uh, he, he was a rebel. He wasn't just, he didn't sit around and, uh, and, and say nothing. He spoke up. He spoke up and it got him murdered, yes. And it has gotten a lot of Iranian people murdered already. Not just the one we were talking about last week. Sana Masini. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right. I'm trying to 
you know, I saw a clip of her father, you know, asking questions of the authorities. Why didn't you take her to the hospital? Why didn't you do this and that? And it's just so sad, so sad. And I know that it's, it makes it hard when you watch the news and and you're on TikTok and, you know, sometimes some things are really graphic and you're not warned ahead of time and you just see like somebody be murdered right in front of you. It's not just a movie, it's real life because of our, you know, ability of everybody to have a cell phone and internet. People are taking videos in Iran of people being killed and this isn't new. I try to stay away from all that stuff, but like I said, sometimes you're just scrolling on TikTok and boom, there it is. And it's like, how do you keep a positive, happy, outgoing, you know, kind of attitude when there's so much suffering in the world? When, when you know, um, we're starting to see what's happening to, you know, because of Ukraine and because of the war, because of Russia, really. And Russia, you know, shut off some I th- I'm not sure gas to Italy so you know nobody has any any gas to keep their homes warm or you know these horrific hurricanes and tornadoes that hit Florida like, like places are just totally and completely destroyed and we all know that these aren't going to stop they're going to get worse and worse and worse and worse until we start doing something seriously about our climate and about mostly from what I understand it's mostly the big business big corporations that are the big polluters Um, but we can each and every one of us do our part and recycle for starters you know I know people that don't even recycle you know they'll put a plastic water bottle in the garbage well then it's going to stay in the landfill for God only knows how many years so why not recycle our recycling is um I don't know why there's certain plastics that they will take and others that they won't. So plastic goes into our landfill and I know plastic is a huge problem and we're, we're working at it, but we got to go faster. Honestly, you know, the animals even know that something's going on, you know? So my whole point of, I mean, I don't want to be a downer because there's got to be some joy in the world. People are still getting married. People are still having babies. People are still celebrating birthdays. We're starting to get back to somewhat of a sort of normal normal life after a pandemic. You know, two, three years almost of it. Two and a half now. But, you know, this is our first year of having students back in the colleges face-to-face. And I feel so honored to be able to be a teacher this year. Well, they call me a professor. Um, I'm teaching communications at St. Lawrence College and I'm working with police foundations and I love it. I absolutely love it. When you find a job that you really enjoy, you don't mind, you know, getting up, getting ready and going. You can't wait to get there because it's so enjoyable. It's so fun. And I just find, you know, helping to mold and teach and educate, you know, the the leaders of tomorrow, especially the police, especially the police, I think that's a great uh, opportunity for anybody that is really passionate about community and peace and, you know, 
I took my class to, they had a, um, a walk for reconciliation on, on Friday in Canada. If you're not in Canada, you might not know this, but we had an official, it's called Truth and Reconciliation Day, where everybody wears an orange shirt um, to remember the children that were taken from their families back in the, you know, this was going on in 18, early 1900s, but also right up in the 50s, 60s, where Indigenous children were taken from their homes and put into these residential schools that were run by the Roman Catholic Church, the Anglican Church. And unfortunately, they were uh, filled with pedophiles and they raped these children, they murdered them, they tortured them, they, they, they starved them. I mean, children ran away from these places and died just trying to get home. They were so far away from home. You know, it's hard to believe that this happened in Canada, but it absolutely did. And we have a day for it um, to remember the children. And so I took my class to this and I was very happy with the class. You know, most of them came to to decided not to come. So they're not going to get very good participation points, but that's the choice they made. Um... But the majority did come, and two two students stayed afterwards where they had a bit of a luncheon afterwards. And it was through that luncheon that we got to meet somebody that gave us a great idea for a volunteer activity for my class. So I'm, I'm like, my, my point of this story is to tell you that sometimes you got to go the extra step. You know, if you don't feel like going to, you know, you're invited to, say, a barbecue and you really don't want to go but you force yourself to go because it's good to get out it's good to connect with other people if you you know if you go and you don't like it you can always leave but if you never go you you don't know what it'll be like and sometimes when you do force yourself to do something like I know some of the students didn't want to go on this reconciliation walk but they did and they were respectful and they were quiet for the most part um they did get shushed a couple times (laughs) I found it very interesting because one of the guys got shushed and he uh, like almost attacked the girl. I mean, she didn't hear him, but he swore at her and wanted to punch her lights out, basically. And then another student, a female student, was shushed and she immediately said, Oh, I'm sorry. Well, it's interesting what you can see just through people's behavior. You can see, you can find out a lot about somebody um, just by going on a walk with them. But um, I wanted to talk about this because you have to kind of look at your life as you're in a bubble. That's what I do. I I pray for my grandkids and my kids and I ask uh, God, the creator, to put a bubble around them and keep them safe and put a bubble around me and keep me safe. And when I'm feeling overwhelmed and... um, just depressed I remember you know the different lessons that I've learned especially in meditation and one of them was believe it or not from a squirrel Um, I saw this squirrel I was lying in my chair and this squirrel was chattering away and was on the lower branches and then he went way way high up to the top of the tree it was an apple tree and it was like he was saying you know when you come up here you see everything different 
everything is different when you're up here. The apples are bigger and better and juicier because they're getting more light than any of the other apples on the tree. Your perspective changes when you're looking at your life in the world from the top of a tree as opposed to the bottom of the tree. And so you've probably heard the saying, if you keep looking at your problems, that's all you're going to see is problems. So you got to look up. And one of the things that people are reluctant to do is to ask for help. And, you know, we will ask for help when things get really, 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 really bad, like somebody's sick with cancer or they're on their deathbed or you know they're about to leave you because they don't want to be in this relationship anymore you know something serious but we don't often ask for help when it's not quite so serious when it's just us when it's just you know you've been depressed you've been keeping it to yourself you don't really want to do anything. You don't really have any get up and go. You're kind of spending a lot more time in bed every day. And going to work is just a drag and you hate it. And you're starting to wonder, you know, what is life all about? And why are we here? It's always a struggle. I never have enough money, you know. And it can be a downward spiral when you're thinking in a negative way. And that's depression, right? And You know, there are medications that help with depression, but I honestly believe that we are not meant to be living on psychiatric meds for the rest of our lives. I have been on them, you know, for a period of time, but I got off of them because I know they're not good for us long term. They destroy our liver and kidneys. If they help us to not kill ourselves and to get better, wonderful. But to stay on an antidepressant for 10, 20, 30, 40 years is, well, I'm not sure it's working anymore. Maybe it's become a placebo or maybe people just become, you know, they think it's helping or they, they just take it. I don't know why people would take antidepressants, but for that many years, because it probably doesn't work because we, we build up a tolerance to them. So my whole point of this is to Talk about how we can just look at your own little world and what can you do in your small little community, even if you're just a community of one. What kinds of things can you build into your life that'll bring you joy? Even in the midst of all the sorrow and anguish. You know, I have a friend that just had a baby a couple months ago in June, and I love to go and help her with her wee baby and and, uh, cuddle her and sing to her and talk to her. That brings me a lot of joy. Spending time with children gives me a lot of joy. So I make sure to carve that out. I make sure that I carve out time for my grandkids, even though they live, you know, a seven hour drive away. I see them quite often, you know, Christmas, March break, summer, sometimes at Thanksgiving. I'm not going to see them this year, but um, I'll see them at Christmas, hopefully. Um, but I, you know, I volunteered to help take care of kids at a church, infants, the infants, just so I could have babies in my life. Um, there's so many things that you can do. Volunteering is one of the best things for a depressed person to do. It's just the hard part is getting yourself up off the couch and actually doing something about it. So let this be your ding, 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 ding. That's telling you, you know. 
that thing you were always thinking you might want to do, well, now's the time to go do it. You can go volunteer at a floral shop. You can volunteer with youth. You can, um, whatever your interest is, you know, whatever it is, go for it. If you want to skydive, do that, you know, save up your money and go skydiving. But you have to build joy into your own life. You have to find ways to fill your buckets, so to speak. So this week in my class, I'm going to be talking about, and I'm going to have the students do the five love languages quiz. And if you haven't heard of this, I don't know where you've been because it's, it's quite popular. There's many books. It's called the five love languages. There's books, five love languages for couples, five love languages for kids, five love languages for teens and so on. But it's all the same thing. And basically, it's the idea of that we all have a love tank within us. And when our love tank is empty, we don't feel good and we don't act very nice and we're crabby. We're not easy to get along with. But when it's full, we feel good. We feel loved. We feel appreciated and we're in a better mood and we're easier to get along with. So it's a quiz that you take. It's fivelovelanguages.com. And it'll tell you what your main love language is. And they are gifts, quality time, acts of service, touch, and affirmations. Now, we receive love in one of those five ways. Usually, you know, things that people do for us, or if they hug us or kiss us or um, buy us a gift or... But one of them really speaks a lot louder and I'm going to have my class do it and then I'm going to have them do it with two people in their lives, you know, a parent or, you know, a niece, a nephew, a friend, whoever. And then I'm going to ask them to write about it. You know, what did did they think about it? Did they try it? How did it go? Um, Do they think it's helpful? I took the test this morning and I was actually surprised to see that my love language, my main one is gifts. And the second one is quality time. And you know, when I think about gifts, I could see how it is because in my life growing up, um, some of you, if you've read my book, know that my mom died when I was right before my second birthday. My dad remarried and I got a stepmother who was very strict and not very nice and so every birthday every Christmas I never really got what I wanted you know I got pajamas and clothes and socks and underwear and maybe a chocolate whatever Um, but I never got the doll I wanted or I never got the you know I did get a bike one year so that was pretty cool I do remember that but My aunts were the ones that got me cool stuff, you know, stuff that I liked, makeup and dolls and stuff like that. So throughout my pretty much entire life, I've really never been with a partner that was really overindulgent in gifts. In fact, my first daughter's dad was very, I didn't realize this, you know, at first, but he's very stingy and didn't buy me well I remember the first Christmas we took we were together 
he bought me a pie plate for Christmas and that was it and I was like what a pie plate like why are you buying me a pie plate and he said well because you like to make apple pies and I'm like yeah like I was so insulted by that I still have the pie plate though is funny enough um I don't know I wasn't impressed with it at all yeah and he didn't really buy gifts he didn't like to spend money you know a lot of the men I've met a lot of them like to spend money on themselves not on their partner and then my so then my next daughter's dad he was very generous but had you know some anger issues and uh, I just couldn't deal with that and then my second husband um never bought me a Christmas gift never I remember sitting every Christmas watching him and whoever else was there usually my daughter sometimes his daughters I'd go all out and get everybody stuff for their stocking and get everybody gifts and I'd sit there and watch everybody open gifts and I didn't get one thing and the first year I cried but then you get used to it after a while and then I started complaining finally and then one year I got a little a charm a key with a lock and a heart in my stocking but it was so tiny like you barely even knew something was in the stocking I was like is this it I didn't want to be ungrateful but I was like this is it it wasn't even wrapped it was like in the stocking you couldn't have thrown some chocolate in there or something a candy cane like I just thought you just did that you did that because I was complaining that you didn't buy me anything and then you buy me the, the tiniest little thing you could find I mean I did have a charm bracelet and whatever but I didn't wear it very often and anyway I'm not going to complain about it I'm just saying my husband really wasn't a gift giver um, especially at Christmas he didn't buy anything at Christmas he figured I should go out and buy my own presents and wrap them and I was like no I'm not going to do that but I did start doing that because otherwise I get nothing for Christmas so I'd go out and spend his money on myself and that was it but so I didn't get any gifts from him and then my next gift is or my my second language that it came I think it was 33% was gifts and then 27% was quality time and that's the other thing my husband never did with me I was always annoyed that almost every single weekend there'd be one of his friends here and they'd be working on a car or something in the garage even when we would go on dates and which were usually always to concerts we'd meet up with one of his friends there usually the same friends like either this couple or another friend every single like we never had any time hardly ever had time alone it's like he didn't want to be alone with me his uh we'd always have to meet up with his friends even on our first date he brought a friend with him I was like at first I didn't think it was any big deal but then I started noticing hey this guy's here every time we go out like and those people are here every time we go out like what's this about so is it no wonder that my marriage crumbled I mean there was other things too but those two things you know gifts and quality time I wasn't my love tank was empty constantly empty for year after year after year after year after year and you get to a point where you realize the other person isn't going to change and you can't change the other person so you're really left with no other choice than to leave so 
I left the marriage. I moved out of the master bedroom. I waited a year because I was hoping that he would, you know, come around and maybe give me a little more attention and love, but he didn't. He actually went worse the other way. And so I filed for separation and it, he fought me on this separation for a couple years. And uh, both of our, our lawyer bills got high because he fought. And um, I did get what I asked for. I mean, I got what legally I was entitled to. He wasn't happy, he's still not happy. Um, it's four years later. I was awarded um, spousal support for four years. So at the end of this year, we're in October. I won't be getting spousal support anymore. But it helped me get through the last four years, two of which I went to school because I couldn't practice social work anymore. And that's another... That'll be next week <laughs> about that. So I think uh, finding out what your love languages are would be a good step in in the good direction for you and your family and your friends highly recommend it we're going to be playing some games some communication games because communication is so important and I'm really happy that I get to teach it to uh, to students and on this podcast I'm going to wrap it up for now I'm hoping that you're having a beautiful Sunday The sun is shining and it's going to be a nice week this week. It's going to warm up a little bit. I'm still living in my trailer. I woke up with a cold nose last night because it got quite chilly. Um, Mark, my husband, um, like we're estranged, but, you know, I'm going to move into the house, into the basement bedroom, you know, probably in the next couple weeks. It's too cold to stay out in the trailer and... My trailer's for sale if anybody's interested. It's a beautiful two-bedroom trailer. It's gorgeous. Um, I owe 62000 on it, so I'm hoping to get close to that because I don't want to have to pay more, but I've got it up for $59.9 now, so it's a good deal. It really is. It's, a, it's beautiful. You would like it. Um, I need to sell it in order to get my mini house. So I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in. Please share my podcast. And um, next week is Thanksgiving. So hopefully we have some things to be thankful for. Take care. Keep safe. Until next time. Bye for now.